JD Talking Sports, it's Boxing Day. December 26th, Tuesday, 2017. JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate me on iTunes. Subscribe to my YouTube page. Hey, I just put a video up last night, which I talked about. Chris Long going apeshit after a strip and not looking for the ball. And I should have got the freaking recovery. And people are watching it. And comments. I like that kind of stuff. But I have to get right into it. This two-minute report with the referees is driving me fucking bananas. So you're telling me what you guys screwed up. And then we're supposed to be like, okay, we screwed up. We should have called a couple fouls. We didn't call them. My bad. My, my, my bad. Yeah. Basically, yeah. The... Officials missed three foul calls, not two, on uh, on KD over the final one twelve regulation during the ninety nine ninety two win yesterday. The first missed call was uh, with one twelve left after he affected LeBron James' speed, quickness, balance, and rhythm. They also said uh, Durant, Durant, KD should have been whistled for two different personal fouls on the same James drive. One with twenty seven seconds remaining, the one with twenty five point six left. And if it made correctly, James would have had been afforded two free throws and a chance to trim the lead to one. They also said that the incorrect no-call with 30 seconds left when LeBron affected Draymond Green's ability to retrieve a rebound by clamping his arm and grabbing his jersey. So don't they even add a little bit? Durant said he didn't care about people on Twitter complaining about the no-call. You know, it it felt clean. Uh, Probably the same play a bunch of those dudes on Twitter are probably arguing about in 24-hour fitness. Like, that wasn't a foul. They've been in that position before but just not at Christmas at Oracle Arena. So they know. They know they if they if they ain't call it, it's not a foul. But I'm sure if they get that call next week in 24-hour fitness, they're going to be pissed that they called a foul. So keep that shit on Twitter. He said, obviously, they overturned one. He fouled me twice, James said. But whatever. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. So why even tell this kind of stuff? That's what pisses me off. Why even tell me? Why do I need to know? You know what? It's over. We fucked up. Great. But you keep on making the same goddamn mistakes. So what's the point? You're not going to change. Oh, you know, hey, shit, we screwed up here. You know, no. You know what? It's like going to a job interview and then, you know what? We made a mistake. We were looking at the wrong uh, resume, but, you know, our bad. And, you know, uh, but we're glad you know. I'm like, I didn't get the job. Uh, oh, I didn't get. Oh, so. But that's okay. Oh, but I feel so much better that I didn't get the job. But you didn't like it because maybe my pants were blue. Like an audition. You know, I mean, we never find out what what they did. You know, it ends up that someone else is the nephew, a nephew or somebody gets the job. You think you have a good audition. Hey, I got passed over in the Sopranos. I remember that one time. And the woman asked me if I was Italian for a cop. And I was like, why did that matter? Everybody else the guy had sent got cast on Sopranos, except me. Who knows what they were looking for? But I wasn't a, an Italian enough looking cop. That's where my Jewishness was held against me. What do I know? Oh, and we watched, we started watching I, Tanya. Now, I heard that after seeing the film, you feel sympathetic toward Tanya Harding. She had a shitty life growing up. I mean, Allison Janney plays her mom. Crazy, batshit crazy. It's always, you know, I, I kind of think you give someone an outfit, a cigarette, they look a little crazy. Allison Janney can play that to a T. Like, she was born to play that role. And I can see where they show her coming off as, you know, a victim in a way. Because she was. She grew up in a tough set. That she even made it that far in skating is unbelievable in its own way. And I never, you know, hey, I'm uh, Nancy Kerrigan, I'm sorry what happened to your knee, but I always just felt she was like, uh, 
it wasn't, she wasn't even like, there wasn't, she wasn't even graceful. Like I look at some of the women, she just was this big gawky girl. I never was a fan of hers. You know, I hear why, 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 why? Which is true. She shouldn't, ha- shouldn't happen. That's ridiculous. But I never was a fan of hers. And I would have liked to have seen on an even playing field what her and Tani would have done against each other. Some people maybe it just never would have changed. I mean, that was her, that was what was going to happen in Tanya Harding's life. Who knows? Things would have changed. But I sort of watched it. My father goes, listen, I don't need to watch it. This is depressing as hell. So we watched a movie on Mark Felt, the, the Deep Throat, the man who was Deep Throat, who brought down Nixon's White House. Good. And I'm watching Blade Runner an hour in. I was going to stay up and watch it tonight, but I got to be up early. But I'm thinking about should I stay up? But I got like an hour and two hours left. And I'm like, it's already 9.30. I'm doing my show. I should do the show. Yeah, go back and forth. Sleep is probably better. And Landon Collins, still not happy with Eli Apple. Didn't mention him by name, but went so far as to call Collins a cancer. He went underwent. He's out done for the season forearm, fractured right forearm. But he's going to be back next year with the Giants. And he's the kind of guy you want to uh, work around. But he says, Apple, you know, he got a, a cancer. Recently named to his second consecutive Pro Bowl. He was asked on an interview on uh, ESPN Radio what would he do to invi- advise about the management, about the team's defensive backfield. And he went, he said, hey, he wants to see DRC, Jenkins. He goes, there's one corner, he said, that has to establish himself and needs to grow, and we all who know who that is. That would be the only person I would change out of our secondary group besides the other two. I love these two, those two guys. They play hard. They love what they do. But that first pick, he's a cancer. Wow. Because Apple, a couple weeks ago, you know, they sit downs, and Apple said, uh, you know, uh, said that they never had the sit downs. <laughs> he said that Cromartie, DRC, and Brandon Marshall were helpful to him, but Collins reached out to him. And, uh, yeah, wow. Just crazy. You know, I mean, I'm glad he said that stuff. You know, Collins even two weeks ago showed support for We need him to be here. We need him to want to be here and not fighting against us. If he's fighting against the coaches or the organization, wherever he's fighting against in his head, we don't need him fighting us. That causes a conflict. He said it's a within, within him battle. It's inside him he's fighting with. Cancer to the team. Cancer. And I never knew what Boxing Day was. But basically, they said the theory was that... Uh, Centuries ago, when the lords of the manor and aristocrats typically distributed Christmas boxes, often filled with small gifts, money, and leftovers from Christmas dinner to their household servants and employees who were required to work on December 15th in recognition of good service throughout the year, they were, they were basically holiday bonuses. And another one is that arose from the alms boxes that were placed in churches during the Advent season for the collection of monetary donations for the parishioners. Clergy members distributed the contents of the boxes of the poor on December 26th, which is also the Feast of St. Stephen, the first Christian martyr, and a figure known for acts of charity. Ireland celebrates December 26th as St. Stephen's Day. Now, it's faded with charity now being given in the weeks leading up to Christmas. It's actually a popular holiday in the UK and the Commonwealth countries for watching sports as a soccer and cricket, shopping and visiting friends. I did not know that. Did not know that. Also, Mad About You revival? No, listen. Paul Reiser, Helen Hunt, that show. I always remember that as the show that George had to watch with his fiance that he killed with the who I'm blanking on right now and he 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 killed her with those and she loved watching Mad About You and he would sit there like stewing 
It'll come to me eventually. I just forgot her name. And listen to this. Now, I just read an article. They said the Giants could, 2018 could win the division. Well, the Jaguars and Eagles, last place finishers last year, won the division titles this season. If the Panthers, three last place finishers, will win the division the next year with tie for the most in NFL history. And for the 14th time in the past 15 years, at least one team coming off its last place finish won its division the following year. Now, the Giants, hopefully they'll lose. They'll finish in the, uh, they'll get the second pick in the draft. And Josh, Josh Rosen, who's not playing tonight with concussion, I thought he was already out, but then he said he was going to play. Now he's out again. Listen, of the eight teams currently in first place, five of them were third or fourth place finishers last year. In every season since the 12-team format, which began in 1990, at least four teams qualified for the postseason after missing the playoffs the previous season. Then there's this eight teams that missed the playoffs in 2016 are currently in the playoffs. If the season ended today, that would tie 2003 for the most in NFL history. Just the power. That's what we're talking about. And you know what? You need a foundation. And right now, the Giants don't have a... Well, okay, they have the quarterback. They don't have a coach. And the Jets have... Don't have a quarterback. And they have some secondary help. Landon Collins, you know, he's a he's a staple. Linebackers, not really. They don't really have a running back. They, you know, I look at what the Cowboys had for all this year. They had a quarterback. They had Irvin. And they had Emmett Smith. And that's what I feel every team needs. And you know what got him over the edge? Charles Charles Haley. They brought Charles Haley, and he solidified the defense, and he put them over the edge. And that's what they don't. The Giants. JPP, he plays hard, but he's not the player. Since he blew up, he's not the same player he was. Do they have a quarterback? Eli, wide receiver? You got OBJ. Running back? Not a chance. Jets, no running back. No quarterback. Robbie Anderson, he's a guy they could build about around. And defensive lineman, hey, it was supposed to be Muhammad Wilkerson. Leonard Williams, to me, with, uh, what was he, a second, third pick, has not lived up to his. He's okay. I thought he did not dominate this year like I thought he would. A lot of work to be done in local sports. A lot of work to be done. A ton of work, to be honest with you. But we'll see. Hey, listen, all the teams, eight teams this year in the playoffs that weren't in the playoffs last year, it's pretty impressive, right? I think that's pretty impressive. And, and you know what? Interesting too. I read about the well. One guy wrote on my on my YouTube page about pastime, but he wrote pastime. I was like, oh, okay. Interesting how we write things. And then I was talking about Deshaun Watson yesterday about oh oh this is what this is what I wanted to talk. Freaking Brady James Harrison is playing with the goddamn Patriots. It's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. This makes total sense. They just keep, you know, and he might put them over the edge for the playoffs, right? Playoffs. In the playoffs, that'd be sweet, right? Can't believe, you know, I can't believe and the Knicks are going into a very, very tough situation. They got a tough one. A lot of play. Actually, I just read that they have 19 of the next 24 on the road. And Todd Gurley, crazy, crazy. He leads the league now with 2,093 yards from scrimmage. Now, they said he might be the league MVP, but listen, he had a couple, he's he's blown up the last couple games, but he had a stretch where he only had 900 yards in eight games, which isn't like MVP caliber. 
Then you had the Jets 5-10 and 10 this year. Six losses by eight points or fewer. Listen to this. Eagles last night gave 37 yards in the second half and outscored the Raiders by nine points. Oakland, in eight possessions in the last 20 minutes of the game, went interception, fumble, punt, missed field goal, f- fumble, punt, interception, fumble. And they said, this is Peter King says, Jack Del Rio could be gone. I don't know about that, but I'll tell you, shitty end of the season. I, I expect them to go really far. But you can't end the game like that with one, two, three, four, five, five turnovers in the last 20 minutes of the game. And that last interception by Derek Carr was a telegraph pass. Now, Gurley in the last two weeks, 456 yards from scrimmage, six touchdowns, and huge wins at Seattle and Tennessee. So he leads the, as I said, scrimmage yards and has the lead of 13 yards over Le'Veon Bell and 14 over Kareem Hunt in the NFL rushing race with one game to play. You also have Jared Goff, fifth-rated quarterback and a strong candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald. Donald, Aaron Donald. So I wanted to ask. So I just asked Ryan what he thought about, Lithuanian Laser, what he thought about the two-minute rule. And he didn't, he, he says, oh, he, I think he said uh, Katie complains too much. Or does he say LeBron like him? Yeah, I was trying to get his information right there. I was trying to, was trying to get the information from him. But I was talking, yeah, Gurley, you know what? Good year, not great year. CC. Signed for a one-year, $10 million contract. It's official now. Yankees, $178 million in payroll this year. Just astronomical. A lot of money. A lot of dinero. And, you know, I, I want to go back on what I said about Davis Webb, too. Like, him about not playing, you've got to protect him. Listen, what are they protecting him from? Let him go out there and let's see what we can do. One game left. You know what? And you know what? Peter King brought up a good point where, you know, if you, he sported up a point about McAdoo was really wanted to see what the team had in other players. And they said, if you listen to the fans, you're sitting in the stands with them and you're out of a job. So he went, you know, looking back, it might have been good to, different way of doing it, but to see what they had. Because it would have been like, I would have, I would have liked to have seen what, what they would have had with Davis Webb, but I don't think we're ever going to see that. I don't think we're ever going to see that. I would like to, but I don't think we're ever going to see that. I mean, we'll, I guess we're going to see what's going to happen with Hackenberg, too. I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen on that front. But Bryce Petty, it doesn't matter. Neither of those guys are the answers. They just aren't. I mean, I want to love them, but I don't. I do, but I don't. And Peter King says that, uh, we were, so I was talking about Gurley, that 96 yards, rushing, receiving four touchdowns, the Rams went 6-2. and two, Whereas Brady, even though he's had a pretty tough December, four TDs, five interceptions, he's 3-1 and one this month. And you, nine and two start. He twenty six touchdowns, three interceptions. He thinks that's the one. I don't think anybody's going to take. It. it seems like quarterbacks get it every year. But the interesting thing is the Rams are in a battle for the third and fourth seed. They have a tough game against the Niners on Sunday. Which someone said we should, they should flex that game. We should let Garoppolo be alone on him Sunday night. Which I kind of feel that'd be kind of cool because the Ravens are pissed. Their game got moved from one to four twenty five. But there's been a lot of empty seats because of the players. Uh, not standing for the anthem in London, and a lot of fans got upset. There's been a lot of, you know, disinterest in the fran- fr- franchise. Ticket sales are down, whatever. But they're fighting for a playoff. Playoff. Uh, they won five of the last six. Now, this is the thing. Is he going to, Sean McVay going to play for the three seed? But, you know, Peter King brought up an interesting point, which I agree with that. 
the four seed, that means you get the, you'd, you'd play at Philadelphia with Nick Foles. I mean, they looked terrible yesterday. And everybody's saying that right now, if you had to reseed the teams, they'd be your fifth or sixth. Well, you can't. They're the number one seed in the NFL, in the NFC playoffs. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't mind. I think the Rams going in there, if they can win as a fourth seed, sec, I'll tell you, they could do some damage. And then there's the ice bowl, which is being on the NFL Network on Friday. It's on. It's called the Timeline. And Michael Meredith is the guy who did the documentary on his dad, Don Meredith. And he said, my dad died of a broken heart because he never took his team the whole way. You have to say my father is a Texan. He went to high school in Texas. He went to college in Texas, and he played in the NFL in Texas. As a kid, I remember we had an armed guard at our house. My dad lost the game. People would beat on our door if we wanted to be like Meredith for governor. He's, I mean, Don Meredith felt he let the team in the city down. And this is, you know, this was after the JFK assassination in 63. So this bowl was in 67. And, uh, you know, it was a hard-fought game, and the city was proud of the Cowboys, and it was close to being the seat of the birth of Cowboys Nation. And I thought, and, and then, you know, and then some of the players didn't want to play the game. It was so goddamn cold. So I really want to watch that documentary. I'm very excited to see it. And, you know, I read this. Uh, Vernon Chazier, Ryan's father, said, we haven't asked why, you know, what happened to my the spinal injury. Bad things happen to good people. And that's true. That's freaking true. It's kind of sad, right? Hope he gets better soon. I'm wishing for the best. Now, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun, I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins, even without Deshaun Watson, has 748 receiving yards, six touchdowns in eight games. And think about this with the quarterbacks he has to deal with. Savage and TJ Yates. Now, he's on pace for almost 1,500 yards with Savage and Yates as his quarterback. The last game he played with Deshaun Watson against Seattle, eight for 224. And then you have freaking Wade Phillips with the Rams. 70-year-old Rams on the first time since 2004 in the playoffs. Listen to this. First year with the Broncos, 89. The 95 Bills, the 2002 Falcons, the 2004 Chargers, the 2007 Cowboys, the 2011 Texans, the 2015 Broncos, and 2007 Rams. All those teams made the playoffs in his first season on their staffs. I mean, think about it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Think about that. He's been with eight freaking different teams. Broncos twice. Eight different teams. And now he's, on, he's got an 11-4 Rams team that uh, clinched the division with a week to play. Sean McVay, listen, young guy, brings in an old coordinator. He wasn't happy how he was treated in Denver. You know, and he's like, hey, going to a new place. Let's see what happened. And, and Peter, also this one, I love this. Matthew Slater was a lone special teamer for the AFC. They, he only played seven games in the first 15 weeks. And per pro football focus, he was the league's 279th rated special teams player and the Patriots' 12th rated special teamer. Now, I think it, it turns into, you know, they talk about snubs and who got jobbed. It's, it's a popularity, popularity contest. If a guy gets in a Pro Bowl a couple of times, but Slater shouldn't be in the goddamn Pro Bowl. And I'm not, yeah, you know what? Not that it, I'm not blaming him for it. It's the people who vote. But really, that's the guy who's in the Pro Bowl? Pro Bowl's a, a bullshit. It's like the NBA, Major League Baseball. It's never a good game. The Pro Bowl is probably one of the worst games because nobody wants to get hurt. And most of the guys uh, get hurt or, you know, call, call injury, and then you've got the fifth or sixth alternate. You know Jamal Adams is going to play in the game. There'll be Jets and Giants who will be in the game because a lot of guys are going to back out. And Frank Gore, 13th NFL season, he's, 100, he's going to play Houston on Sunday. He's 139 yards shy of, of his 10th season of 1,000 yards. He, he, and he says, he says, love the game. 
Love, love the game. Perfect your craft every day. Look at all the guys who everyone says he's the best one and be better than they are. Now, he's fifth in the all-time list, 74 yards from 14,000 of the top 11 rushers of all time. He's the only one not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he's, you know, he's not eligible yet. But solid, solid career, 14,000 yards, man. He's going for his 10th now. I don't know if he's going to get 139 yards this week against Houston, but anything's possible, right? And Des Bryant, man, listen, he was bitching about the ball. The one ball he gets, he fumbles. I was hearing that they should get rid of him. Now, people saying, oh, Dak Prescott's not that, you know, it's not as good as people say he's are. There's a lot of teams who would love Dak Prescott. I'd love him. You want to give up on him? And freaking Jerry Jones gave a vote of confidence to Jason Garrett. Why? Please, why? I, I, I can't stand him. I really can't. I, I, I just amazed that he said that he's not going to make a coaching change at this time. And the Bucks held the Panthers to 260 total yards in both meetings and lost both games. I think he's gone. I heard uh, Dirk, Dirk Cutter will be gone. Gone, gone, gone. And then there's a Wisconsin tight end, Troy Fumagalli. Only has nine. He's missing the index finger on his left hand. He has an since he was two days old. He was born with amniotic band syndrome where the umbilical cord connected him to his mother was wrapped around his left hand. It caught up circulation to his hand. And he was lucky not to have lost more than one finger. But he still runs better than any tight end. They're comparing him to Gronk. He said, he, you know, you live with each day proving you can do anything that someone with five fingers can do. He says, uh, they, they taught, they, someone tells you to throw a football he says he uses his middle fingers, the bounce finger, and the ball comes off your hand just fine. Your high school coach needs a pitcher and get someone out. You throw a curve with your middle finger, and as a nasty break, gets outs. You get a, you have a great high school career. You're overlooked. You walk on at Wisconsin because, and then what happens? Two, he, so offered him, he got a two-third scholarship, two years as a walk-on, three on scholarship, and after he left for Arkansas, Gary Anderson arrived at Madison and put uh, Fumagalli on scholarship. Easy decision he made as a coach, Anderson says. Yeah, he's playing his final game Saturday in the Orange Bowl against Miami. Yeah, they're kind of comparing him to Gronk, and he's more like Jordan Reed or Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. 6'6", 248. They said he needs to gain 15 to 20 pounds to grow into the position. That's still pretty good. Listen to this. Since 2005, Alvarez's last season, Wisconsin has won 131 games, 10 the season, three Big Ten championships, and the Orange Bowl will be their 10th New Year's Day Bowl in the last 13 season. It's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, Jerry Jones said, it is not in the Cowboys' best interest right now to be considering a coaching change. I think it's in a great... He said, I do understand the frustration right now after you lose a game that has such meaningfulness. But I get to look at a lot of different things, and I've been around a lot of head coaches and coordinators, so I feel good about our head coach. Oh, God. And the Browns can have the first and fourth pick in the draft, and I think they'll still find a way to screw things up. Oh, and John Oliver said he re- expressed regret over pressuring, you know, Dustin Hoffman. He said it wasn't ideal, but it became such a big story. But it became about my questions rather than his answers. The questions weren't particularly remarkable, but his answers were not great. That was, the, that was the point of it, but didn't really go anywhere constructive, so the whole thing just made me feel sad. He said that he felt that the exchange failed because it didn't accomplish more. All right. I mean, hey, I, I think it did. It got people talking about it, and it got maybe, you know, Dustin Hoffman saying, shit, I did some bad shit, and maybe I should, you know, start apologizing for this and, 
rectify situations that I made a mess of. That's just me. What do I know? I don't think it was a bad thing. I was kind of shocked that it went on. I was like, wow, he just went into him, but it was pissing him off. That's why, you see, if you hold it in, it's called stacking. Before you know it, you blow. The bridge breaks. And you don't want that to happen, ever. Ravens also is talking about 16-7 and seven at home in December since Harbaugh took over in 2008, one of the past five games by over 67 points. They're going to go against the Bengals, who snapped the three-game skid by defeating Detroit. What the fuck, man? And I think he's gone. I think the Lions coach... I'm blanking. I see his face. I think the Lions coach is gone. Lions coach. Lions coach. God, I can't... You know what? I'm having brain fever. Lions coach. Lions coach. Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Oh, and Baltimore would be without their standout and backup cornerback, uh, special teamer, Jalen's Hill, who tore his ACL and MCL against the Colts. Non-contact injury. Just unfortunate for him. And But they'll get back Jeremy Macklin, who was out with an injury. Jets, 15.5-point underdog. Oh, and fi- Ryan, you're going to love this. Jeff Hornacek admitted Tuesday that last year's team quit. Quit. You know, usually when you have an older team, veteran guys, and losers, losses start piling up, guys have a tendency to go, okay, the season is over. That's what Ornestek said. These guys are going to fight until the end of the season, no matter what our records. That's this year's team. A lot of young guys, they know we're working not just for this year, but for the next couple of years to get better at certain things. Now, this is the thing. Two years ago against under Derek Fisher, the Knicks were, were 500 on January 20th. They collapsed in epic fashion. Last year, they were 16-13. and 13. They're 17-16 and 16 now. And they finished with 50-51 and 51 losses the last two years. And he regularly criticized the team's effort last year. You know, Rose won AWOL for a game in January. Ennis Cantor, he said, uh, has been a galvanizing force promoting energy. Now, Joachim Noah was the guy, but he has been missing in action. Well, he's not playing. He was going down to the G League to get some things. And he said he mentioned the three leaders, Cantor, Courtney Lee, uh, Ramon Sessions, as uh, leaders in different capacities. And leadership is something Cantor, 25, never had after being a rookie in Utah and a reserve player in OKC. said, this is my seventh season. I've been through a lot. I've been in the Western Conference Finals with OKC. I've been through a, a lot with two teams. Now I'm with this young team. I just don't want to say I'm the leader. I'm not the leader. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to separate myself from my teammates. My job is to keep my teammates together. That's why I learned from. That's what I learned from this league. If you want to make the playoffs and go far from the playoffs, we need to stay together. And yesterday was the first 30-20 game on Christmas Day since Bob Lanier, I think, in 71. See, I know these some things just stay in J.D.'s head. They just stay in there like crazy. Now, they're playing 19 next 25, including tomorrow night on the road. So 19 next 25 on the road. And he emph- Cantor says, energy. They're 2-10 on the road. Yeah, you know, I guess we'll see. Got to bring a lot of energy, folks. Lot of energies, lot, lot, lot of energy. Also, Christmas Day NBA coverage on NBC, ABC, and ESPN saw a rating surge, averaging a three point nine household rating, up thirty nine percent from the average of the two thousand sixteen five game schedule. Uh, Golden State and Cavaliers did the best, delivering a five point five metered market rating, uh, matched the fifth highest rated early Christmas game ever on the network. The Knicks got a 2.4. Uh, 
Uh, Wizards got 3.7. The OKC Houston game got a 4.1, making the league it's making the league it's the okay, marking the league's marking the league's highest rated primetime telecast since 2003. Wow. Wow. Also faced uh, less competition from the NFL than it did last year when Christmas fell on a Sunday. The only game that was on, they were not available on, uh, at the time, was the Eagles-Raiders game, which was shit. How about this? Pinstripe Bowl tomorrow, 5.15 p.m. It's going to be like freaking, it's freezing out. It's if it's going to be negative digits. Imagine, and I know Iowa and BC are used to cold weather, but and I'd love to go to a freaking bowl game. But talk about freezing your fucking ass off. Holy shit, is it going to be cold? It is going to be cold, cold, cold. Wow. Unbelievable. You know, I'm kind of glad that freaking Colin, you know, Landon Collins, who's missing his first game of his three-year career, ending his streak of consecutive starts at 47. So also tackle short, tackle short of his third straight 100 or more tackles. He had 99, but he'll lead the team for the third straight year. Damon Harrison has the second most tackles in the team with 71. I'm glad he said something. Listen, maybe it'll wake freaking Eli Apple up. Maybe it'll just wake his ass up, you know? I asked Lithuanian, Lithuanian, Lithuanian Laser for his opinion, and I got Bubkis back. I tried. I tried. He's, he's a busy man. He's a busy man. Okay. Did I have anything else to talk about today? I, I feel like I spoke about a lot of things that were on my mind. Oh, and he's back. Oh, he said LeBron complains for those calls. He always complains. LeBron always every Every NBA player complains. Every guy. Yeah, every guy complains. But I, I don't like that two-minute thing. It drives me nuts. It really does. And Eagles last night, you know what? The teams are foaming at the mouth for the playoffs. Eagles offense yesterday, lowest season total, 12 first downs, 216 total yards, 138 yards passing, and third down percentage, 7.1%, all season lows. I'll tell you, it sucks. And you know what? They, they were comparing Julio Jones versus... Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is here. 101 catches, 1101 yards, six touchdowns. Now, Julio Jones, and this is at the age of 34 right now, with one game remaining. Julio Jones, you know, 18 less catches, but over almost 300 yards more and three less touchdowns. I, I still would take Julio. I mean, and Fitzgerald's thinking about not coming back. For 2018, he's he has a contract, but he's not sure if he's going to go. I don't know. You're playing that well. Why would he not come back? Hey, Papa John's founder, John uh, Schnatter, stepped down as CEO. Announcement comes weeks after he criticized NFL over protests. Maybe he just got burned out, man. Maybe just. Oh, and I love this from Kurt Warner. He said, walking in, this, he put this on uh, Twitter. Walking in, in on my son doing homework, saw an article on Tom Brady on computer. Me, you, you know, Kurt goes, uh, what, you know, what are you, what, are you, what are you doing a project on Tom Brady? No, writing a paper on best quarterback of all time. And he put hashtag, I get it, but shot to the heart in my own home. <laughs> well, that, I, when I watched the thing about John Stallworth and Lynn Swan, uh, John Stallworth's son, they asked him who his favorite player was, and he said it was Lynn Swan. And at the, at the Hall of Fame speech, he said, you know what? I may have said that, but, you know, you know, as a kid, but the greatest player was, you know, he talked about his dad, and he said, you know, as a kid, it was a kid, kid. hey, people say about their favorite quarterback with Peyton Manning, the backup quarterback, oh, I, who's your favorite? oh, Peyton Manning. I think it's, 
And you know what? They were talking about how, you know, the Jags last week going to the playoffs 44 to the Niners two weeks before a playoff game. And the ball near brawl between Malik uh, Jackson and Aaron Colvin. You got to get that shit. Remember? Do you remember that playoff game? Jets versus the Oilers where they went crazy, where Buddy Ryan went crazy against his, oh, what was his name? It was, it was the former Giant. Oh, I, I see his face. Buddy Ryan. Oh, Kevin Gilbride on the sideline. Remember that? I'll tell you, sometimes that stuff. And I did see the timeline on the 91 Falcons. And, you know, they had that great season, and that was it. They lost. They they beat the Saints in New Orleans, where the one guy who never talked, Michael Haynes, scored a decisive touchdown. And then they got blown out, where they had six turnovers in the mud versus the Redskins. And they lost 24-7. And that was it. That was the one good year, and that was the end of it. But that the team had a lot of fun, and I'm blanking on the Jerry Glanville was the coach who liked that you know got him dressed all in black and Holyfield was on the sideline. They did the too lit, too legit to quit. If you get a chance to see it, see it. But you kind of feel like you see it and you're like, okay, I remember that one year, and then it was like a one year fizzle. But they didn't really have a foundation. They didn't build from there. And two years later, he was at San Francisco, won the championship after starting there. Any of that video must be the money. Oh, man, that was the worst song ever. And everybody said, the Jerry Curls, he said that it was never wet. And then Don, Don McWilkins goes, oh, yeah, it was wet a lot. So it's got, it was interesting. I would say uh, watch it. Tell me what you think. Yeah, I would say definitely watch it. And Peter King thinks Hugh Jackson will be back. I think so, too. I think Dorsey, the new GM, is going to say, hey, you know what? Let's see what we can do here. He wasn't given a lot to play with. James Harrison is the goddamn. Can I keep playing? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Josh Rosen said, I'd rather be a lower, lower pick. He said, said he'd rather get drafted lower by the right team than higher by the wrong one. Amen to that, buddy. Amen to that. Do it. Okay. Let's do. We got trivia questions, folks. I need to get to bed. I just realized that. It is getting late, and I got to be up at the crack of dawn. I got to be up early. Right, let's see. Wait, the song. Hey! Hey, we have a technical difficulty. I keep saying I'm going to put the goddamn song on my phone, and I don't do it. I got to do that. Here we go. On oh, the Cactus Bowl is on right now. And Duke won a bowl game, which I love. I think it was, you know what? I wanted to check that. Duke beat Northern Illinois today. You know, I noticed a lot of 6 and 6 teams in the playoffs. In the, in the bowl games, not playoffs, in the bowl games. Which is kind of, hey, Nets are playing uh, San Antonio tough. Kansas State's up 7 3 because Josh Rosen's not playing. Utah beat West Virginia in the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. It was, it was over, and there was, what, 17 3 in the third quarter. And Duke with their Daniel Jones threw for two touchdowns, ran for another one. In the quick lane bowl on Tuesday in Detroit, 338 yards total offense. Duke. Including the second bowl victory in 10 seasons at Duke. All right, second bowl victory in 10 seasons at Duke. And I think that's all. They won't, I mean, uh, 
David Cutliffe is never going to leave there because, listen, he's a god there. Seven and six, hey, but a lot of six and six teams in this Bulls. Not happy about it. Not happy at all. Okay. Last night's trivia question. Most single career singles wins in men's tennis tennis all time. Rod Laver with 200 singles titles. Okay, tonight's trivia question. Most TDs. Okay. Who had the most 60 plus yard TD plays in his first three seasons of the NFL career? What 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 an NFL player had the most 60 plus yard TD touchdown plays? In the first three seasons of their career, okay, most of these, most of these have sixty plus yards in the first three years of the NFL career, and I thought it was somebody else, but it wasn't. All right, now Knicks tomorrow, we got some bowl games. If you're going to the Pinstripe Bowl, dress warm. It's going to be freezing. I can't the bowls every day. I got to work Thursday and Friday. I'm a little pissed, but I'll be home Friday night to watch Ohio, the Ohio State playing USC, and then Saturday Wisconsin. Miami, I think that's a real, I love watching, Ohio State USC should be good, I want to see what Sam Darnold's going to do, and then Monday, the two great games, I told you about it, I can't wait, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson, Alabama, and I don't have to be up early Tuesday morning, that to me is heaven, alright folks, have a great night, talk to you soon, peace out, and congratulations, James Harrison, you just went to the penthouse. <laughs>